Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, it's another chilly morning on this Saturday here in Wisconsin. You know, here at the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors, our hooks are sharp, but our wits might be just a little dull. Anyway, 799-1250 is the phone number if you want to get in touch with uh, Danny Bush or me, Tommy the True Neubauer. Uh, we come to you every, live every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., so uh, wake up one of your friends. On the tuna sin. Anyway, good morning, Danny. Good morning, Jazz. Morning, guys. Do I? Yeah. Uh, morning, morning, morning. Do I look any different? Yeah. Did you get? Did you, Why? Yeah. Do you uh, frost your tips there? I turned sixty years old this week. Oh, no way. Sixty years old. <laughs> so you're officially an old fart too. So my birthday. <laughs> listen, I know my parents. You know, back then they didn't really plan. You know, you know, okay, if we have a kid now, nine months from now, okay, they just kind of took them as they came, but. Having a birthday in early April really sucks. It's always Why's cold. That? Well, look at the weather outside. It's always cold. It's always miserable. It's rainy. So I worked all day, worked extra late, was pouring rain, went home. Oh, God. Turn turn that. Turn it off. Didn't, say a, didn't say a word to anybody. Yeah. About, so the next day, I went to... Uh, Went to the school and I gave out. Loey gives me a bunch of cupcakes to give to my students. So I gave out the cupcakes and they. I didn't bother pulling out those little plastic happy birthday things stuck in top of the plaque. Yeah. So everybody goes, well, whose birthday? And I said, oh, it was my birthday yesterday. And, and, the, and then the teacher and the kids, whoa, geez, why didn't you tell us this and that? So I'm supervising the uh, lunch hour and I'm just walking out. There's 300 freshmen in there and one of the... Paras comes in there. Mr. Jones, he goes, make he grabs him, grabs a microphone and makes an announcement. He says, Stop that guy going out the door. Oh no. So I had three hundred students that sing happy birthday to me <laughs> <laughs> the next day. Uh, and I did get a fifty dollar gift certificate when I got home and checked my email. Two teachers that I work with. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, they both two uh two gals are math teachers out yeah. there, and they both uh pitched in i got a 50 dollar gift certificate it's hey, all right for outdoors equipment so i can go buy the oh. uh the line that i want to buy my new spider wire yeah. gear up get the fishing stuff ready that's all a guy can do right now if you're not outside freezing well, you might as well stay inside dreaming and respooling yeah, yeah we need a little bit of that global warming or wait a minute i'm sorry uh climate change Hey, that's what we need. We need the climate to change. Climate change is the biggest <laughs> danger facing 
the United States of America and the world. Yeah, it, it's, oh, God, it's terrible. Because that climate changes, you know, from cold to hot, from snow to rain. I mean, my goodness. Well, I think what's going to happen terrible. first, however, terrible. is the aliens are going to save us, Tom. Because yep. right now they're seeing UFOs all over the place. Uh, you know. Yeah, they, have they, you been reading that stuff? They had a, you know, <laughs> you know, even our government was, you know, they announced in December, uh, what's his name, Tom DeLong is one of the big guys in it, and there's some other guy that they had. So they actually had, you know, CIA guys, all kinds of people yeah. studying the phenomenon, and they, they're admitting there's, there's UFOs in the sky. They don't know what they are. Oh, but there's, so I think the aliens are going to land, and they're going to tell us how to handle our climate change. <laughs> they're going to take care of us. Or maybe they'll put us all onto or, a ship and yeah. take us off with them. Yeah, or maybe they'll like just children say... children of the sun. Or maybe they'll just say, Earthlings, when it comes to climate change, are you stupid? Of course the climate's going to change. <laughs> oh, yeah, We're all going to disappear just like the dinosaurs. Yeah, we're going to be gone. Of course, you're already kind of a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. How old are you now? I'm not telling you. Well, come on. (laughs) I know you're collecting that social security. You can't do the high-low game? No. No. Can't do the game? I'm, uh, my body feels older than what it is, but my mind feels younger than what it is. Well, the kids guessed my age, and they they were going, how old are you? One kid goes, 47. The other goes, yeah, just maybe 50. And I told them 60. They said, wow. Well, you do look young for your age. You look pretty good for an old guy. I met a guy uh, last week. He says he was looking for something at the store, you know, and uh, he said something to me like, well, I'm a little older than you. And I figured, well, you can't be much older than me. You know, I mean, he didn't look that old, right? Right. The guy said he was 84, and my God, he looked like he was 64. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I said, God, I said, I hope I look as good as you when I'm 84. Home. Yeah, I hope I'm alive when I'm 84. Yeah, anyway. it is kind of embarrassing when somebody says that to you, like, well, you know, you're too young, you wouldn't remember. I've gotten that from people, and yeah. I'm five years older than they are. And then, yeah. then, But I'm to the point where I'm just not even going to tell them. Yeah, yeah you, you're right, I'm young. Yeah. And then you say 60, and they're like, no way. Yeah. What do you yeah. got there, Jazz? I got Kevin over on the west side. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, I'm Kevin. Fine. Yeah, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, well, I want to know. Okay. How the fish are biting at Bass's Bay. Well, right now, Kevin, uh, <laughs> only panfish are biting out there. You can't fish for anything else. Isn't there ice yet, Tom? Or is, no, no it's all ice is gone. Ice is gone. Bass's but Bay. it's a little chilly to go out there. Kevin, did you fish Bass's Bay back in the day? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. My, my old man, he convinced me to do that. He says, uh, he says, come on, come on, Kev, get a bite, get a bite, you know. And I'm like, okay, pops, I'll do it, you know. <laughs> Uh, what were you fishing for? Panfish mostly or bass? What do you get in bass? I don't know. Bay? He didn't tell me. He didn't tell you. He said, let's no, just fish, Kev. Me. So you didn't catch anything, huh? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Good. Yeah, I did. Good. But I don't remember what it was because we threw it back. Yeah? Oh, they, You were ahead of your time, Kevin. Catch and release. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was ahead of my time, too, as a kid fishing. I didn't even bother catching them. That way they were, they, they, it was already released. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Uh, Tommy, 
Uh, what? Yeah. Bass's Bay. Yeah. What lake is that on again? Big Muskego. Oh, that is Big Muskego. Mm-hmm. And you have fished it. Oh, many times. The the lake still, and Bass's, Bass's Bay. What, Kevin? Is it still there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A uh, lot of bass, a lot of northern, a lot of bluegills, and and as a matter of fact, there's even the occasional walleye, you know. Hey. But most of that lake is, uh, except for Bass's Bay, the rest of that lake is basically all three and four feet deep. Oh, so that's people have told me about that. They, that's the deep hole that everybody yeah. says if you can get back into. Right. That's where you set up. Yeah, you go through hey. the marshes. Hey, can I, <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you guys a story? Sure. Uh. This was, uh, we, uh, we blind children went to Wisconsin Dell, okay? And my teacher, uh, Sister Mel Marie, who's got Alzheimer's now, she said to me, she said, Kevin, you got to feed the deer. I said, look, sister, why? You got to feed the deer so you can earn your dinner. I says, I'm not going to do this, and I I did it anyway. I didn't like it, but I did it anyway. How did you feed the deer? I don't know. But I, hey, What? Kevin, I got a question for you before we get going here. What? Why did the girl ask the mushroom to dance? Why did the girl ask the mushroom to dance? I yeah, don't know. get ready for a bad one. Be- it's it's because, not good because he she heard he was a fun guy. Oh, oh god, oh, boy. that's yeah, actually you that's can, not bad. You yeah. can use that one, Kevin. Listen, yeah. you can Kevin, use if it. you keep listening, I promise he won't use any more <laughs> yeah, jokes. Could. All right, we got to run, Kevin. Take care, okay, Kevin. Thanks. Yeah, find out. <laughs> you know, is, Kevin Jeez. talked about feeding deer when I was a kid. And we'd go up north. There was this place uh, called Aqualand. I think it was just between Boulder Junction and Hazelhurst. And they had fishing ponds that you could buy frogs and throw to the bass and muskie and whatever, whatever. And Aqualand. They, yeah, and they had and they had hokey places that. Yeah, and they had uh, deer. There was the deer area where you'd put uh, a nickel in this machine and it would give you a handful of corn. Right. And then the deer would come. I mean, those we deer, did that at Bay Beach Wildlife yeah. Sanctuary in Green Bay. Yeah, so, you get the corn yeah. out of the machine. That's it. Yeah. And then those those deer, I mean, I mean, yeah, they'd eat out of your hand. They were so tame, you know. But they'd also go in your pockets, you know. Like if you were wearing a jacket, they they'd shove their snout right in your pocket, seeing if you got anything in there. Yeah, they oh, and they'd come running when when they saw people by that machine getting the corn. But they had a bunch of other exhibits there. You know, they might have a bear in a cage over here, or whatever. I fed a bear in a cage a soda yeah, one soda time. Yeah, soda pop. That's what they had. At yeah. the soda Brown pop. County Reforestation Camp up there north of Green Bay. I remember they. It, it was in the little chain link fence. Actually, for what they had that bear in, if he were mad enough, I think he could have tore up. But <laughs> why would he do that? <laughs> He's got free soda yeah. and stuff all day long. And you'd put it through like a little... Slot in yeah. there, and it would go glug 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 yeah, glug. Yeah, drink it all. I, yeah. I gave him a grape knee high. Yeah, <laughs> radar was big on yeah, grape knee high. Right, as was course. I and yeah. the bear at the camp mm. back in the day. Yeah, they and somebody told me that they have something like that. It's not called Aqualand, but there's something like that up there between Boulder Junction and Hazelhurst or up in that area. 
If anybody remembers that, give us a call at 799-1250. See if you got any information. Hey, yeah. Speaking of Nehi. Yeah. yeah. Who was the shortest man in the Bible? <laughs> Nehi Maiah. Oh, 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 another <laughs> bad joke. Maya. We're rolling. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to take a break, folks. Uh, chew on that a while, if you will. We'll be right back with more on 105.7 FM, The Fan. All right, it's driving me nuts now. <laughs> Good. Let it drive Tom nuts. Good. Just keep it going then. Yeah. It, sure. was worth, it was worth the dead air. You, you, mean, you mean? It was worth the dead air. Welcome back. <laughs> As we come thundering back. Yeah, nutser than what I am already. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. So, Tommy, you're never a big rocker, huh? You don't like the hard rock. You like more of the, uh, I like, more oh, like we, the we Seals and Cross. No, and, God, no. Uh, Not the Seals Peter and Cross. Peter, Paul, no, and Ferry. No, and, no. Uh, no, I like I like the... Well, no, there's some hard rock I like. Uh, there's uh, mostly the the older rock songs, you know, I like. Um, yeah. You know, the the what do they call it? Uh, classic rock. Classic but rock. but there's some of the hard rock like what I don't care for is just the just the the loud head banging music where you there's 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 nothing there but just black sound noise just white noise that's what they call it white noise it, it's just noise you know uh that I I don't understand. So that. ACDC would qualify as no. They've got some good songs. Yeah, I'd they've got it. some songs I, I would qualify as in like heavy. When you say heavy metal, I'm thinking like yeah. Slayer. Yeah, yeah. I was never yeah. into those. I was nah. never. I never. was never into that stuff. No, me neither. Even That's the, the, stuff even the I Metallica mean, yeah. stuff when it came out, my cousin was. Is that considered? It. Is that considered? I don't know, heavier? but I just nah. They just never tripped my trigger. So yeah, I I do enjoy some Metallica and some ACDC, some heavy metal to get the get the blood flowing. You know, like you can take uh, 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 Black Sabbath, okay, with Ozzy. Yeah, there were a few good ones now, there. Now, they had on their album, I've got their, uh, the one album, I forget what it is, that our theme song, Crazy Train, is on. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And they've got a number of songs in there. Now, that would be considered like, it's not really heavy metal, but it's heavy rock, I guess. Yeah. And their songs in there, yeah, I love them. You know, I'll listen to them on the way home, driving somewhere, you know. I really like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but there's other ones in there that is just screaming, Screaming and white noise. Well, there is. What do you think of this? <laughs> yeah, that's Ozzy. That's good. No, yeah. it's not Ozzy. No. You don't know this? Back to the push, little baby. This is Metallica, baby. Oh, yeah, you're right. This is it Enter is Sandman. That was all right. Oh. Enter Sandman. Enter okay. Sandman. Is this heavy or now is this? Now, that's a good one. That was one fact, of the few that who I was the Who was the relief pitcher? That played, Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. That this is the song they'd play. Oh, when and they, would, bl- and the they would blast it. Yeah, they'd blast it. You yeah. know who else does that is Virginia yeah. Tech. Yeah. Virginia Tech, they'll blast this song before they come out in the field for football. Mm. Hey, yeah. uh, spe- anyway. Speaking of triggers. Yeah. Uh, I got an article here in front of me. It's talking about why the Winchester Model 12 became a classic. And I was going to ask you, did you ever own a Winchester Model 12 shotgun back in the day? No. Can I tell you just real quickly, the gun, I, I, I started using a single-shot crack-open Winchester, okay? 
just a plain old okay. single shot crack open. But when I got my first real hunting gun, I got it from my one one of my brothers. It was uh, Ithaca Model Thirty Seven Light, okay, twelve gauge pump. Okay, I got that gun when I was like twenty two or three. I've been using that gun ever since. You still have that? Still have it. Still use it. Still love That's it. It's kind of a classic. I've had it forever. It's kind of a classic. Yeah. I've seen it in gun magazines. Yeah, I love that gun. The yeah. Ithaca Model 37. It was a Model 37 light. Why they called light. it a light, I don't know. Well, it's probably lighter than the other ones. I don't know. Hence the name light. Yeah, hence the name. Yeah. Otherwise, but, uh, they would have called it Ithaca Model 37 heavy. Heavy or, or normal. Or, or moderate, or I, who knows? But so anyway, what, so I've had tw- that forever. Twelve gauge? Yeah, have it, have, have had it forever. Yeah. What choke? Oh, it's a full, full choke. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much. Do you ch- you don't have in- interchangeable nope. chokes? Never, never needed it. And you nope. just use that for everything, like for pheasant ducks, and rabbit, pheasants, ducks, rabbits, and everything. And... Used it for everything. Yeah, really, except for deer. Probably not grouse either. No, I. Did you? I, I one time tough. one time I went grouse hunting only once. Yeah, and those damn birds scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, excuse me, where's the dump button? Oh, he's gone. <laughs> they scared the heck out of me. <laughs> anyway, I can't, I can't even leave for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. and you're dropping s bombs. Yeah, come on. But anyway, yeah, you know, because when they Go come up, donut. when when you're when you're walking down those lanes, you know, yeah. you got all that brush, and all of a sudden a covey of them. Stake off is like whoa, and then you don't know which one to shoot at. Years ago in the Nicolay (laughs) National Forest, um, that this was back, Tom, when you could actually just hunt bear with your bow or regular gun license. You just buy that automatically included bear, and nobody really hunted bear, but and you could bait them. There weren't the restrictions. So my dad used to get meat scraps from the guy who was a butcher across the street, and he'd go out there and put piles of meat out, like I said, just near the mountain Mm -hmm. area. Nicolay National Forest, and I'd go in there with him as a kid and help him lug that in and old rotten apples. And he actually did have a bear come in, and uh, it was looking over the bait pile about 70 yards off a logging trail, and he was walking the trail. They didn't get weight in tree blinds back then. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he shot and wounded it, and uh, his his buddy went in with a uh, lever action thirty thirty. And this guy was kind of a mountain man, part Native American guy, and real good hunter. I mean, this guy would shoot grouse out of the air with a twenty-two. Uh, but he was back in this swamp looking for it, and he told the story how a grouse went up at his feet and about gave him a heart attack. Oh, because there you are tracking a wounded yeah. bear, going silently on a blood yeah, yeah, trail yeah. through the thick stuff, yeah. nervous, and all of a sudden, brrr, yeah, they're. They can give you a heart attack. That, that would do it. That would do it. You were going to say something about triggers? No, I was talking no. about oh. triggers. Triggers, oh. Winchester Model 12. Model mm. 12s have triggers. So, my, my brother does have a Model 12 that he got from my dad. And uh, I think those things are worth some money. The only thing is somebody had put on one of those chokes, poly choke or whatever mm-hmm. on the end of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that kind of ruins the value if you mm-hmm. go and put something like that on there. Mm-hmm. But he still he uses that yeah. shotgun yet. Well, you know, when when my buddy Sal and I would go hunting with uh his cousin and then a friend uh, of his cousins, the the problem was see now what when I learned how let's say a pheasant hunt, I had that single shot, right? 
So, and it was a full choke. It had probably like a 32-inch barrel on it. You know, it right. was an old gun. Any, but the thing was is that when the bird came up, you had to wait until it got out a little bit, and you you only had one shot, so you had to make it good, you know. Right. So I I always have over the years I the bird comes up I don't shoot right away I get a good beat on it I wait and boom you know let it get out there twenty five yards or whatever I got a better spread especially with a full right. choke you know and but when I would go out with Sal and the other two guys I mean that bird comes up boom they're they're on it uh, in a heartbeat well, they're they're very good right and they got the uh, the, yep. the improved cylinders and all right. that you know and. You know, it's like, and then then they'd be nice every now and then. Say, okay, we'll let you have this one if a dog, one of the dogs, was on point. We'll let you have this one. <laughs> well, well, our our good they friend Al Shook is the same way. He he's quick on the trigger. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll be just you know so. And he'll so, be here at seven o'clock. Yeah, he'll be he'll be here, and we'll be talking, and we'll be prefacing that in a little bit here. Yeah, and you know, with him, he's bringing along Scott Loomis. Uh, he's the fisheries program and policy analyst. For the DNR, it's the Division of Fish and Wildlife and Parks. So we got a DNR guy coming in with think, Al today. I think it's got Lumens. Lumens? Yeah, there's yes, a, Lumen. There's what did that, I say? Lumens? You said Lumens. I'm sorry, Scott Lumens. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, can't, be... I didn't have my glasses on when I was reading what I wrote. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, Al's, Al's, Al's part of the quick and the deadly team. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and I've never, I've never been like that. I've never been one of those off the hip you know, really quick, you know, shoots like that. I always, I always wait and take a beat on them and I don't, I don't so, want to miss. So, and, yeah. And, and, and to tell you the truth, I rarely would miss unless it was one of those side to side ones. Yeah. I hated those. You hated the side to side, I, side ones. To side. If they were going away from me on an angle or straight away, that's no problem. When they were coming off to the sides, like when you go to a trap shoot or yeah, something, yeah. when you get those ones coming on, God, I hate it. Well, the, probably <laughs> probably one of the best shots I made was was with Al, mm -hmm. and uh, after I'd made a lot of bad shots, um, finally, I was ahead of everybody. We were walking back to the field last year, and it was like a forty mile an hour wind day, Tom, and this pheasant got up and it had the forty mile an hour wind behind it, and oh, it was. Boy. Oh, a streak, boy. but they were all behind me, so it was all up to me. Mm -hmm. And I got on, and I just did a fast swing, boom, dropped it like a ton yeah. of bricks. Yeah, at about thirty-five yards out, mm -hmm. it was pretty cool. That's sweet. So, but I just swung real fast, and mm -hmm. geez, I thought I'd swung too far in front of it, but it was going so fast, yeah, you know, yeah. that it was must have got it in the head. It just piled right up. But yeah, those, you know, sometimes I think when I was missing pheasants, I was thinking too much. Mm -hmm. If you start trying to aim too much, and you you shouldn't even be thinking about the bead. That should naturally just be if your shotgun is coming up on your cheek yeah. and your head's on where down in place. I mean, that's maybe that's a some kind of a reference point. Oh, it's good if you're shooting at a stationary yeah. turkey, you know. But uh, you just kind of get on and just kind of swing. And swing with it, swing with yeah. it. And you, uh, you know, as soon as I quit aiming, I started hitting. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you've done it enough, it's like riding a bike. You, you, you just, it just comes instinctively, you know, just to put that gun up, you know, and get in front, give that little lead and just go, go with the flow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so, the, the anyway. Remington or the Winchester model 12, that's been a popular one for years. Now me, I just bought the old 870 Express a couple of years ago, and yeah. it's the black synthetic. Hey. And you know what? I 
I like that black synthetic. Yeah. And it 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 blends if you're sitting mm-hmm. in turkey blind. It's not bright. Right. And uh, the guess the thing about the 870, it's it's kind of built for the average size person, so mm-hmm. it fits most everybody, and mm-hmm. almost everybody, it fits me right, fine. Right. And you know, with the stocks, you can always add a little bit, take off a little bit. You know, you you can. I've never understood bit. though, Tom. Where do they add to a stock and oh, take that's off what, when they fit it? When 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 you add it, you add the uh, I forget what it's called. It's it's a rubber piece that you can add on, either a half an inch or an inch. So they're putting that where your cheek goes? No, then? no, oh. on your shoulder. On, on the your shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. Because some guys, you know, you know what's weird? It's like when it would be really cold out, and I'd have some bulkier yep, jackets yep. on. When I'd bring up, it would get caught, caught in, in the armpit. under in the armpit, like yeah. in the jacket. Whereas if it's nice out and you don't have that heavy stuff on, it comes up real, real nice. So it, it, you know, it's weird. You know, it depends. I, it would be nice if I could change that. But I'll tell you what. I used my uh, friend Sal's one time. He's got a he's got one of these expensive. He's probably got some three thousand, three thousand dollar Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> shotgun. Yeah, he's got this uh, twenty gauge under and over. It's light. It comes up so sweet. It is oh, and you know when he got that gun. Yeah. For some reason, it fit him perfectly. He was a better shot with that gun than his previous gun. Yeah, it just—he he was just they much do say better with it. Fit makes Boy, a difference. Boy, I'll tell you, yeah, he was—he was good with it. We didn't call him Dead Eye for nothing. Hey, we got to go to a break, folks. When we come back, uh, we've got the gut report, and then don't forget at after the six forty-five break, we got the Hornschwaggle brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. And just to remind you, we have Al Shook coming in at 7 o'clock with uh, bringing along a DNR guy, Scott Lomans. He's the fisheries program and policy analyst. So if you want to ask uh, Scott Lomans any questions, you can call us here at 799-1250. We'll be right back with more, Danny. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly! The Gut Report is brought to you by, excuse me, Discount Liquor. Well, you know, folks, now's the time when people are going down underneath the Hone Bridge or going out in the harbor and all that, and they're catching a lot of of brownies, but they're getting some Lakers, getting some steelhead, and... I, I even in my neighborhood, I one of my neighbors was smoking a fish uh, just the, uh, last week. So now's the time where you got to think about when you're going to smoke those fish, what do you got to do to those trout, salmon and trout before you smoke them? You got to brine them. It's simple as that. If you don't brine them, forget it. After you smoke, you might as well throw them away. You got to brine them first. First, what you need is a cup of canning salt for every gallon of water, roughly. And then you need a half a cup of brown sugar, half a cup of pancake syrup, a half a teaspoon of ground cloves. You take a large onion, quarter it, throw it in there. If you got a lemon laying around, quarter it, throw it in there. Then you got to bring it, you got to warm it up just so that everything melts, okay? Everything gets dissolved really good, all right? You don't make it hot, you just warm it up a little bit. Anyway, let it cool down and then put your fish in there, your chunks or whatever, however you're going to do it, put it in there. And it's got to be in there for at least four hours. It's better to do it overnight. Keep it in a cool place like this time of year. Right now, you can keep it out in the garage if you want it. Otherwise, you put it in a refrigerator in your bucket or whatever you're uh, brining it in. And you got to brine it. Then the next, when you're going to, before you cook them, you just let them air dry a little bit. You might want to pat them off a little bit with a paper towel. But air dry them a little bit and then put them on the smoker. 
Now is the time to brine those fish before you smoke them. The Gut Report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! So, Danny, you know, I was going to, you know, one of these weeks I'm going to resurrect your... uh, that one recipe for the brown trout. Ooh. The the one with yes, the barbecue yes. Pringles. <laughs> I guess I I guess I have to go out and uh catch one. Catch some brown trout. Yeah. Now the fishing reports right now are pretty slow. Well, the guy guys are catching them, but they're usually it's the ones in the boats going out a little bit, right. but they're catching them both casting and trolling both. And and a lot in the harbor. There are some fish being caught underneath the Hone Bridge by guys from shore. Right. But uh, you go out in a boat, man, you, you can get them. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, Gillespie proves it every time he goes out with Brian Settley. Yep. And uh, there's another fella, I forget his name, he goes out with, and he uses those Kalen's jerk minnows mm-hmm. with uh, with like a quarter, three-eighths ounce head. Yep. And <laughs> just slams them. Just slams them. Well, it kind of depends. They're not necessarily always slamming them down no, there in the harbor. Because if it if it's muddy after a oh, lot of yeah, rain, you're it, not yeah. going to catch squat. Yeah, but you know, this time of year, like in the fall, uh, you know, when when we have that rain, when we have some of that rain, you got water flowing out. That current makes them want to come in a little bit for some reason. But like you say, it can't be muddy I've, stuff. I've gotten can't skunked the, the last stuff. couple couple years out there. I've yeah, gone remember, out in yeah. spring and nothing really one bump and um so it's if that water clears up and we get some nice warm stable weather you can you can rock it out there so you're right i saw one report some guy went out in his boat and he got six um yeah i said he think he went six for nine out there okay um so yeah uh, the browns should be you know should be getting good um, steelhead, I've heard that's been kind of spotty. Yeah, There's they've guys been catching a few, a catching few. a few. This yeah. cold weather is kind of putting a damper on everything, well, though. Yeah, even the river walleye fishing yeah. reports, I haven't got any great reports on those either. Well, I've heard from a number of people that you know they're they're still catching the they're catching the walleyes. Uh, you know, the Rock River is a zoo, of course. Uh, up on with the Wisconsin River, you see that the colder water is is kind of like keeping those fish in the same situation. You know, I mean they're they're still biting, they're still there. You know, um, uh, as a matter of fact, there was a show with Big Dave Ehart, who guides up on River out of River's Edge, up by the Dells. Yeah, I saw and him. He yeah, was out there did, with John. He did great. Yeah, they were catching a lot of fish up by the dam and in the river. But you know, it wasn't fast action all day. I mean, they had to move around a little bit. You know. Caught a lot of smaller ones, you know, but they did get some really nice ones. Uh, the Fox River up uh, up by uh, De Pere and Green Bay that that always does good, though. You know, I've that heard that, I've heard good. even there though right now is that a lot of the bigger walleyes are holding off in the deeper, mm-hmm. and they're not really banging them like gangbusters no, right now. But there's, but there's a lot of guys out enough, there. There's enough there that you'll catch enough of oh, the yeah. smaller ones, you know, keep your interest alive, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, and and the crappies and bluegills right now, they're all like waiting. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're there in the lakes. You can still catch them if you find them. You know, in the deeper water, but they'll be they'll be coming up soon. I don't. 
think I would go out and do the battle boats thing, though. No, on no. Those, to maybe catch one or two 15-inchers no, and freeze no. your butt off. Well, that's just it. You know, when it's when it's cold like this, you you know, you get out there in the river and it's 20-some degrees in the morning, you know, and, okay, it's going to warm up to 35. I mean, I'm tempted. <laughs> it's like, that's I'm te- cold. I'm tempted to maybe go <laughs> fish from shore somewhere and yeah, just throw maybe. something out and yeah. just put a rod out and just sit and mm-hmm. then until I get bored and, and then... Or too cold, and then go sit cold. in the car. <laughs> you know? uh, I'd last spring, yeah. or maybe it was two springs ago, I did go out to Oak Creek, and I went to that discharge where they got the pure Oh, now. sure. Yeah. Didn't catch anything. Mm. It was, yeah. Well, I did it for a while. and Well. That can get crowded, though, too. If yes. It, if fishing's good, you got to right. get out there early to get a spot. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for the Hornschwaggle. Oh. The Hornswoggle is brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. Bushy's going to make three statements. You say if it's a Hornswoggle, which is BS, or no Hornswoggle, which is, he's telling you the truth. And you will win a really nice prize package from Baitmate and Coleman Insect Repellents. So you stay. Fishing you call will us. be the topic. Yeah. Fishing will be the topic. 799-1250 is the phone number. If you want to be a contestant in the Hornswoggle, trust me, folks, you, you get this prize package, you will be happy that you got it. They always send out some really nice stuff. 799-1250 is the phone number. We'll be right back with more with Danny Bush, me, Tommy the True Neubauer, Christian Jaskolski on the boards. We'll be right back on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. 799-1250 if you got a fishing report, turkey turkey reports a couple of weeks from now. Uh, right now we have our Hornschwaggle segment. Jazz, do we have a lucky contestant? We have a lucky contestant, a possible lucky wiener. We got Kurt calling out in Sussex. Good morning, Kurt. How are you? Good morning. Oh. Uh, hi, Kurt. Okay. Hi. Okay, Kurt, here we go. Uh, we're going to talk tiger muskies today. Tiger muskies at one time weren't even really recognized as a separate species from the true muskies. They just thought they were especially colorful variant. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? Hornschwaggle. Oh, that's a no hornschwaggle. Matter of fact, the uh, yeah, at one time the record muskie was a tiger muskie, and that what they didn't even recognize them as separate species till I think right around 1950. Okay, here we go though. Um, the world record true muskie is actually bigger than the tiger muskie. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? No, no hornschwaggle. No hornschwaggle. That's correct. And finally, tiger muskies are a cross between the northern pike and the muskie. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? No hornschwaggle. No hornschwaggle. Okay, Kurt. All right. So you are, way, Kurt. You are going to win a prize package from Baitmate Fish Attractant. Hey, what kind of fish oh. do you like to fish for? Do you like to fish for um, uh, panfish, bass, walleyes? What flavor Baitmate Fish Attractant do you think you'd like? Uh, let's go with the panfish. You want a panfish? Okay. And then an insect repellent. Do you want something with DEET or DEETless? Yes. With DEET. Okay. 25, 40, or 100%? 100. 
Hundred percent. Okay. Sounds go good. Go big or go home. Sounds good, Kurt. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, and Kurt. Uh, I'll email this to the good folks at Baitmate and have a great day. Hey, um, can I um, tell you a little story quick? Sure. sure. Okay. So my brother and I were we turkey hunt, right? And it's and it's generally pretty good tick season. So one day, um, it, we just took a break and we went to a, a bar. To have some lunch, and I see a guy sitting there all cameled up, and he's got something around his neck, you know, and it it looked like a flea collar, you know, dark collar. Okay. And I asked him, I said, "Is that what I think it is?" He goes, "Yeah." He says, "I got I got one around each ankle too." He says, "Since I've done this, I've never had a tick ever again." Hunting. Amazing. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, wow, we'll have to check into that and yeah. see if anybody else has tried the old flea collar. Yeah, flea, flea co- tick collar. He puts them on his neck and his ankles, and that way the ticks don't, you know, hunting, sitting in the woods and all, he's never been bothered with ticks again. long as they don't have some deadly chemical poisonous to humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would check yeah. on those chemicals on that thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And you gotta right. gotta find one for the right size. We'll have to get ask... a dog's neck, you gotta find one that fits well, you. Well get like a bull mat one yeah. for a bull massive or something like that. It should fit your neck. Yeah, 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 we, we got, well, yeah we gotta ask the people over at Coleman if they got something like that, you know? Maybe yeah. a flea and tick collar and for humans. Yeah. <laughs> well we gotta we'll ask them about there. We'll see. Well, what, I could what go the down that I'm not yeah. even gonna go down that road, but <laughs> all, all right. right. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt. All right, well, Kurt's a winner. He's going to get that nice product. And uh, the Hornschwaggle was brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. Remember that Baitmate Fish Attractants are coming out with new stuff this year. New and, stuff and all the time. We'll be talking more about those. In yeah. fact, some weekend maybe we'll call our buddy Ron Johnson and have him, yeah. have him explain. Exactly. Have him explain, yeah. Lucy. I'm still waiting for those catalogs from... Uh, Molly, is that her name? Yes. Yeah, waiting for those. I asked her for some catalogs for us so that we could, you know, read about them. Did see she the say stuff. she'd send some to I didn't print well, off I, my I, I just, internet yet. No, I just sent her an uh, email. She sent us an email, and then I sent I, her one. I don't know if they have catalogs. I don't know if they do either. I don't think they do. No? No. How do you order? You know, it's not like Sears and Roebuck, Tom, you know, where. Well, every company's got to have a catalog. They go through retail. They go through retailers. Yeah, but People the retailers got direct from them like but, a catalog catalog. But, but the retailers got to know what they have. Yeah. So they got to be able to look at it, see what it is, see what the price is, see what the packaging is like, you know. Got to see like, you know, like when I order tackle, mm-hmm. what I do is I measure the area and then I figure out how many square inches I have and what I can fit in that area. So I have to know what the packaging is like so that I know how much can go in that area so I don't overbuy. Good to see you're using that MPS education, Tom. Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) And for all the kids who say, when will I ever use this in real life? That's right, exactly. Well, one thing I learned years ago that I never used in real life, I never used trigonometry. I never used interpolation. I never used what was that other thing we learned? Quadratic, I never used, huh? quadratic formula. Uh, which one? 
quadratic formula? Uh, no, that one we did not do. Uh, there was a number of things we did in Matt that I never used in real life. Never, ever, ever. I've used the Pythagorean's theorem. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, when I shot a squirrel mm-hmm. at 60 yards away, mm-hmm. and then I was trying to figure out the distance of my shot. Yeah. Right? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. So right. So, the angle of my shot was the C squared. Yeah. Yeah, right. I calculated. Okay. I calculated yeah, you, how far I sniped the wily fox squirrel. Yeah. There's some things. When I measured John's head. Head? <laughs> I, I'm serious, yeah. Why were our, you measuring? Our, our, okay, our old, our friend John Lehman, uh, who was uh, the the instigator for this show, and many years ago, uh, he a uh, number of years ago he was going to have that uh, bear hat made or what made out of uh, a coyote skin or something. He got some skins, right? Yeah. And we went out. I drove him out to the sky out and way out where somewhere. Anyway, the guy out and way where. Yeah. And he's the guy who was a tanner and he was all going to make this hat for John, right? But he didn't have a tape measure, you know, a round tape measure for his head to see what size it was. So I said, well, let's do it this way. We measured one part of his head and it was like, uh, I forget. I forget exactly how we do it, but basically it was uh, taking three times pi to get his circumference to figure out what his hat size, head size was. But anyway, we did it at the time. I knew it at the time. Why didn't you just he take didn't... a shoelace off and wrap that around his head? Well, that's because we weren't smart or, enough or, and we didn't have you with us. why didn't you us? just take a piece of fishing line? Yeah. We didn't have you with us. Oh, we got a fo- we got somebody on the line. Been trying to get your attention. I'm sitting here throwing. Hey, oh. we got somebody over the line. Yeah, we got Keith. You're having a seizure. We got, back yeah, there. I'm not having a seizure. I'm trying to get Keith <laughs> over and Tosa on the line. <laughs> Keith, seizure. don't blame me. Hey, hey, okay, well, hey, Keith, how you doing? I'm doing great, you guys. I was. Uh, I <laughs> he called. He called earlier too. Yeah. What's up? Uh, well, you guys had been talking about hunting grouse and how they can startle you and give you a heart yeah. attack and. Uh, and I've hunted grouse, and, mm. um, and yeah, I can have that experience. But even more startling for me sometimes was hunting quail. Um, my dad and my brother and I used to go down to places like Mississippi and Georgia and, and uh, North Carolina. And um, you walk, you know, you'd walk up on a covey because we had a pointer, and you think you're expecting everything. This, this is going to be a massacre, and they fly all over the place at your face. And they're fast. Around. Oh, they're very fast and yeah. they're very small. So, uh, in fact, that's how uh, I think it was Dick Cheney who accidentally shot one of his hunting buddies. And I could see how that could happen because uh, people just putting their guns all over the place. And uh, uh, but, anyways, it, I just what I'm what I was startled with. My biggest biggest startling moment was was hunting quail on several occasions. So they jump up right at your feet and go in every which direction. Is that every it? which way? I've, I've done never it hunted too. them before. They're fast. And, oh, yeah. and and it, and they don't get real high off the ground, you know. You well, got if you're yeah, using a, yeah if you're using a dog, you got to be careful so because a lot of times the dogs will be jumping at them. Right. You got to be careful right. you don't shoot the dog. Really. Well, and, yeah, and obviously they come in cover, so you yeah you have some obstruction of view somewhat. There, oh yeah. So, uh, and but, you know uh, what? I always had a problem. How do you, you know it happens so fast? You're supposed to pick out one and not shoot uh-huh. into the flock. That's exactly. it's, it's hard to do. It really is. You got to really concentrate. Where did you hunt quail, Tom? Uh, at some, some of these game farms. Oh, they, they got them here. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
yeah. Sums that. Yeah, you don't have um, and you walk away with nothing. None. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> then you're really, then you're really humiliated. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Keith, we got to go to our update. Thanks. Thank, care, thanks Keith. for calling and listening, okay. Keith. Bye now. And now it is time here on 105.7 FM, The Fan, for Christian Jaskulski with your sports update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.